Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will be free of spoilers for future episodes if you're watching this series for the first time, but we will most definitely talk about previous episodes because, hey, it's an arc, it's an arc show. It's a show that thrives on the story arc. Yeah. I'm Jason, and I have not had COVID-19. I'm Harrison, and I cannot say that any longer. <laughs> uh, Jason, what episode are we watching today? Harrison, we are watching Angel Season 2, Episode 14, The Thin Dead Line. This is the one where there are zombie cops. Yeah. That's it. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, it. That's the tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Thin Deadline was written by Jim Koof? Kauf? Koof? I'm going with Koof. I, I'd go with Koof. Uh, and Sean Ryan. That's easier name. Ryan? Stop it. <laughs> uh, and was directed by Scott McGinnis. It originally aired on uh, February 13th, 2001, which everyone will, of course, remember from our episode on Crush. It was my mom's birthday and the day I got dumped up by my high school boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Happy Valentine's Day, me. <laughs> Intro music. Indeed. <laughs> Jason, welcome back to my home. Hi there. I've been I've been away for a while because you've been sicky sick. Yeah, yeah, and I've been here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for listeners who uh, don't follow us on our social medias, um, if you don't, that's Booze and Buffy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and spelled out A and D. Go give us a follow. Um, but yeah, if you don't follow, smash us that <laughs> like button and the subscribe button. Yeah. Um, you might be like, hey, subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> we, we, we don't have, have one. Um, yeah, you might be like, hey, there was no episode last week. And that is because, yes, uh, the day after we recorded our episode for Crush. Uh, so I guess, thank goodness we at least got that one in the can. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, my husband tested positive for COVID. Uh, and then just, just a few days later, so did I. But I'm now COVID-free. Went back to work yesterday. Um, I welcomed Jason back into my home. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, I fortunately tested negative. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. Because uh, it was not fun. Um, I really only had like one day where I was like sick, sick. Um, and John wasn't sick at all. He was completely asymptomatic the whole time. Um, what a dick. But <laughs> dick. But uh, I was just, like, starting to go nuts. Like, I literally on Monday when I got my test results back, like, I got the email from Walgreens, and I was like, if this says fucking positive, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know what's gonna happen, but it's gonna be bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, um that's my my covid story um a little pissed that i got it but you know i'm glad you're all right i yeah i yeah so jason what are you drinking today well you're always nice enough to share your alcohol with mm -hmm. me and uh i have a vodka cranberry uh go-to mixed drink 
And uh, I believe you have a vodka and a 7-Up. It is a 7-Up. Uh, once again, the liquor store only has Sprite, or only has 7-Up instead of Sprite, which is fine. It's just, it's very strange because their other option is Coke. They have Coke and 7-Up. That's weird to me. Okay. Maybe it's like an equal opportunity thing. Since one of the sodas they have is Coke, the other will be a Pepsi product. Maybe you should have like texted John when he went to the store to look for Sprite. Yeah. He's not back. He's not? Yeah. He's probably dead. Oh, I hope not. I hope not either. He's like, he's I got don't a know. show. I don't know where I'd get my dinner tonight if he died. <laughs> There's a Qdoba not too far away. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> um, all right. Toast us, Jason. Okay. Um, well, here is to um, the health of everybody out there, especially yours. Cheers. Thank you. I've gotten so into the habit of us doing this every week that not recording last week was so weird. <laughs> like, I literally feel like I haven't had my Harrison time. You know, I was thinking that too. I mean, part of it was just, I was just like, so just, you know, completely isolated from everyone. So I was just like going a bit stir crazy. But, but it was specifically but I was like, me. <laughs> but I was, no, I was just like, it was, I was like, like, this is the longest I think I've gone without seeing you <laughs> since we started doing this in person again. Yeah. So it was very much just like a, like, we see each other at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if, you know, record every week, but then also we get together just to hang out sometimes, too. So it was like, it was a little weird just being like, I didn't see Jason this week. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. It, it, felt, like, it felt like I was missing something. <laughs> oh. um, well, I'll just, I'll make sure that you have some sort of like memento of me if I ever were to die horribly. Uh, I don't know why I had to be horrible. A horrible <laughs> die. I mean, suddenly. Uh, you dying at all would be horrible. Uh, thank you. You're really buttering me up. I'm suspicious. I mean, like, I, I guess, <laughs> I guess, being away from you for so long made me realize just how good I've got it. With you. <laughs> the grass is not always greener. <laughs> this is a, well, this is a surprisingly heartfelt way to start off um, an interesting episode of Angel. Yeah, this um, is an interesting one. It's I, I'm wrestling with it because there's a lot I like about it. But then there's a lot that I'm just like, oh, you didn't quite hit what you were going for. Yeah. Um, it starts off with uh, Angel going into the hotel and, you know, he's alone still. Our status quo really hasn't changed too much. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's really not liking it. He, uh, like, throws papers off of, like, uh, off of the desk and... Like off of the counter and you know who's gonna clean that up yeah you fired cordelia <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna clean up after your temper tantrums now <laughs> um but speaking of cordelia and the rest of the gang um they are kind of like twiddling their thumbs because as wesley says uh you know no evil on the streets is good for humanity but bad for business <laughs> um and they're like well evil just won't walk through the door Cue somebody walking through the door. And, you know, do we get a resolution to this in another episode? We do. Okay, all right. Yeah, I uh, actually think it is... Because, like, I could not remember. I barely remember this episode. Yeah. 
I I actually think the next episode that is like the major storyline. Okay. I think. Well, um, a friend of Virginia's uh, brings in her daughter, and uh, yeah, her daughter's apparently been in shock because uh, she uh, was grabbed by a monster, and when she woke, and when she woke up in the morning. She had an eye on the back of her head. Mm-hmm. This is gnarly. It really is. I mean, I I gotta say, that's actually some pretty cool effects there. Yeah. Some pretty cool practical effects. Yeah. I think that's what works up so well about it, is it's very clearly yeah, practical. Like, yeah, like, yeah. You, you look at that and you're like, ew. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> um, I love when Wes like, holds up his finger and the eye follows it. Gnarly. Um... I just want to mention that Cordelia is wearing the hell out of a tequila sunrise. That, yeah, like that that shirt contrasted so much with like their surroundings. Yeah. Well, it was funny because later in the episode, uh, Gunn is also wearing yellow and red. So I was like, okay, I guess that's the somebody's got to wear. It. You got to cycle through it. I'm pretty sure, sh- and uh, technically Wes ended up wearing red too. Well, indeed. <laughs> um, Not originally, but um, Merle's trying to get out of town. Merle? You mean Merle? 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 The, the way this actor does these like <laughs> high pitch, like these like horse high pitch like inflections is just so perfect for this character. I'm just like, you weaselly little fuck yeah. I love you <laughs> yeah no um props to uh Matthew James he's great uh but yeah Merle's trying to get out of town and Angel like shows up gives him another little heart attack understandable um and and uh he's like giving Angel like the last bit of info before he just goes away and Angel's like why are you go- what, why the rush like well let's see there's you <laughs> And every other person coming in here not paying for information just beating the shit out of me. And I'm like, yeah! <laughs> I'd get out of there too! <laughs> Poor Merle. He's just trying to make a dishonest living. <laughs> and and he can't even do that. Angel's not even paying him. Yeah. Um, he, he's just paying him with knuckle sandwiches. <laughs> Uh, and, um, he does, uh, he does mention that, uh, the British guy had better manners than, uh, than, An- than Angel does. And he's like, oh, how is he, by the way? And those other two people you fired. So he's just putting Angel's business out there. <laughs> and he is calling him out. And... Merle has the tea. Yeah. He is ready to spill. Yeah, and, I mean, Angel, maybe you need to look at your life. If you're um, if you're getting called out by Merle, <laughs> do you think there's like some demon bar in LA where like all the people who've been angels pissed off like get together and like can you, oh my god he came to my fucking lair today, beat the shit out of me so they could fuck over Wolfram and Hart. Did you hear he fired his crew? What it's the like, fuck no is up with way. him? <laughs> like that gun guy and the hot chick yeah. and the British dude. <laughs> That that actually makes me think of. I know you said you started watching Batman the animated series. Uh-huh. Did you get oh. to the episode with the almost called Almost Got Him, where they're yes. all like, yeah, that they're is, playing po- all the villains are like playing. Poker. Yeah, they're playing poker yeah, and talking about how episode. they almost killed Batman, and uh, yeah, like I I really enjoy that episode. That was a great episode. I would watch the hell out of 
of, of that, like a version of that episode of this show that's like Lindsay and Lila, Darla and Drusilla. Um, I guess those are our most frequently recurring villains that at this aren't point. dead. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe some future recurring villains as well who I will yeah. mention here, but like. Um, but, uh... Kate. Get, throw Kate in there. Kate. <laughs> uh, well, we get some Kate in this episode, too. And it's... Moderately starts power, o- starts off Starts off on a bad note, but, um... Actually, there's I, there's I think there's a really well written moment uh, when they're in the graveyard, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I like um, there's a, there's a couple moments from Kate mm-hmm. this week where I was like, okay, fine. So uh, then, um, but yeah, and uh, so Angel's like, uh, and Merle points out that Angel hasn't even checked on him. He doesn't even know like what's going on with him. Uh, but that's not the only. Uh, the only business happened in this episode because Anne is back. Anne in her shelter, and um, so two teens are being chased by something. Can't tell what it is at first, um, and they're trying to get in. And uh, Anne recognizes them, and she says uh, it's after curfew, so she can't let her in. I'm not sure sh- she can't let them in. The two of them in, and I'm not sure what that rule is like that's actually um it's a pretty common rule amongst um like homeless shelters that i actually just personally i i disagree with as it a doesn't rule. make it doesn't make sense like if somebody's i feel like after curfew would be the time like when you know people seeking shelter are the most desperate yes so that should be like the time when your doors are open the widest you're exactly right unfortunately that is and I think I think we're seeing that change, um, but I mean there were I, there are a lot of shelters where like if you have like yeah they won't like, let people in after a certain time like you have to pass like a drug screening or and stuff like that yeah, which is in my opinion I know I'm not gonna say in my opinion I think it's a fact that that's counter to what a shelter should be yeah like the people who and probably deliberately aimed at certain exactly at certain populations exactly so and i i do think minorities i yeah um i do think that's changing i do think that people have been um more vocal about how fucked up those rules are and um but but yeah it's actually fairly common and i certainly would have been very common if not if not you know the blanket rule for any shelter Mm -hmm. um at this period in time yeah um yeah there's a lot of ways that like conceptually obviously shelters are great but there's still so much um uh criminalization of homelessness and and that sort of things that yeah makes them not always great in some ways mm-hmm. so um yeah but uh but yeah they both of the like both of the two people look so super scared um kenny is the guy's name and mm-hmm. lynn is the girl and uh and and decides to let them in and they're like, we'll sleep on the floor. And uh, when uh, she take when she takes them in, it uh, 
it's kind of revealed that they were being followed by a policeman. Mm. Um, yeah, so... We're just going keep, right there. Given the episode <laughs> title and uh, what we see, maybe you can get a uh, get an idea of the social commentary <laughs> that the angel writing staff is trying to get across. Yeah. Um, yeah, for a show that has never particularly been kind to the police um and its opinion on police this episode really ranks it up there it's just like um because jesus about the only quote-unquote sympathetic cop character is kate and she hasn't been too sympathetic she has not been. yeah um but considering this is set in la early 2000s mm-hmm. you know we're there, Still in the wake of the Rodney King riot. There's even a reference yeah. to Rodney King in this yeah. episode. Not surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so the next morning, Anne's like saying, hey, what happened to you guys? And they said that they were unfairly attacked by a policeman. And uh, like, um, pun- like a policeman punched him in the face and, uh, and then threw Lynn up against the wall and like could have messed up her arm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at first Anne is like, well, what were you doing? And, um, there are a couple of times when characters, (laughs) including Gunn, say like, oh, what were you doing to make the policeman do that? Um, that's victim blaming and I'm not a fan of it. Not a fan of it. I understand from a narrative point, like it's, we need to make it very clear that like, these are completely unprovoked attacks. Yeah. But yeah, the, well, what did you do to deserve it? Kind of line of questioning. It bothers me less out of Anne because I love her, but you know, you know, she's a white woman. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, it, it bothered me more when it was Gun. Yeah, it, that seemed like I, that did not seem like something that Gun like. I get Gun asking all the kids if they're like trying to play Anne. Like, yeah, that's that's a good interaction. But then when like some of them are like legitimately being like, yeah, these cops attacked us, and the first thing he says is like, "What were you doing?" I know I've seen you deal before, and I'm like, dude, come on, man. That's like that's still no reason for a cop to just like fucking clock you. Yeah. They do um, the makeup job on Kenny that, like, the, uh, on his, the mark on his jaw where he was hit was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought they, I really, I mean, I didn't like it, but, like, I, it really sold, like, the brutality of what they were going through. I wished they'd done a little more with Lynn. I mean, she's not really the focus of the scene, but they don't really do much with her except just having her hold her arm. Yeah. Um, I maybe would have liked to have seen once again, I wouldn't have liked to have seen more bruising, but I think it would have helped um, just sell that a little better. Yeah. Um, but she was not really the focus, so I can, mm-hmm. I can let it slide. Um, so Anne says that she thinks she knows somebody who might be able to help, um, and uh, she goes to Gunn. Now, I'm actually a little confused as to how she knew where Gunn was. Uh, maybe she was like, maybe she asked around, because mm. she wasn't aware... That the that the company was called Angel Investigations. Yeah, um, that didn't, she didn't even know that Gun and Angel knew each other. Yeah, so I I don't know how she got there. I mean, I guess you can just like say that she went to his crew and asked like if they had seen him if they had seen him lately, and then they could have directed him. But I don't know. It's just like 
I can buy that as an explanation. Mm. I hadn't really thought about it, but you're right. It's just like... I have a couple of um, storytelling qualms. With <laughs> How did this. we get from here to here? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but th- that's that's kind of nitpicky. Yeah. Um, it's just something that I thought about then. But uh, yeah, she um, and she's telling uh, Gun about all of this, and uh, she she also meets Wesley and Cordelia. They talk about the uh, the eye in the back of the head case, which she, which she says um, and says like that actually sounds kind of convenient, which. <laughs> I like that because Anne spent so much of her time looking over her shoulder, oh. so thinking about like, oh, if I had eyes in the back of my head, that could help. I can see that. Yeah. Um, so Love it was like there, there are like a couple little clever moments in this, um, and like some little callbacks too to even like fairly recent episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, Gunn does say that he'll like he'll go and help her out. Um, he. He says, like, uh, one of them mentions the name uh, Angel Investigations. And she's like, Angel, you mean, like, the guy in the trench coat? And everybody's like, oh, you know him? She's like, yeah, he tried to help me a couple weeks ago, uh, which we saw in, uh, what was the name of that episode? Uh, Blood Money. Blood Money. Oh, yeah. Because it ended (laughs) with, there's money on, there's blood on the money. There's There's money on this blood! blood. (laughs) There's money on this blood! It ruined my blood. <laughs> There's blood on this money, um, but uh, but yeah, and so everybody's like, "Oh wait, Angel like helped you?" And she's like, "Yeah, but it ended up being a scam to piss off this law firm." And like, oh well, yeah, yep. he has changed. Womp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cordelia. It seems like Cordelia is the one who's most pissed off about it. Like, well, he hasn't changed at all, and also she's very pissy at the end of the episode too when she sees Angel. Um, so, uh, when, when Gunn and Anne are leaving Angel Investigations, um, Angel sees them leaving, and, uh, I made the joke, like, Angel's stalking those blondes again, (laughs) but, uh, Harrison pointed out that he was probably there checking up on them. I mean, Merle was like... Bitch, you haven't even checked up on them. And he's like, I'll show you. Bitch, please. I'll go, I'll go check the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. I'll stand on the roof across the street. It's like Batman. <laughs> yeah, he was, doing the, uh, he was doing the walking on the rooftops that he does so well. It's, okay, like, listen. I recognize that from, like, like visually it's a cool shot. Like, he's on the roof. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God, he has to get up there somehow. He has to either climb up a ladder, like, fire escape, or he has to break into the building to, like, get up to the roof. It's so much effort just to stand across the street and look at their building. He could just stand in the alley or, like, behind a tree or something. <laughs> you know, he is such a fucking drama queen. Yeah, but we love him. <laughs> I do love him. Yeah. I'm mad at his choices recently, but I do love him. But the man is a drama queen. I also, do... <laughs> also, like, I want to give props to the Buffy ver- to the Buffyverse wiki that pointed at that pointed out that Angel hasn't just trailed gun, he has surreptitiously trailed gun. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, um, Angel comes down from the I do building. feel like trailed implies surreptitiously, but I'll allow it. <laughs> Maybe that was like the word of the day from like dictionary.com <laughs> the day this was written. But uh, yeah, when Angel comes back down from the building, because um, he had to like do his peering and then go back down, um, a cop uh, says like, excuse me, sir, turn around. And Angel's like, uh, what did I do, officer? 
And uh, the guy's like, oh, you're under arrest. And I'll give him this. Gets through almost the entirety of the Miranda rights. Um, even when Angel starts beating the shit out of him. And, like, killing him. And decapitating him. He still goes for those Miranda rights. But uh, once the once the cop is decapitated, it is revealed that it is, like, kind of a rotting corpse. So, if you were assuming zombies, you assumed correctly. The shot of Angel kicking his head <laughs> off. It's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Do you mind if I give you a spoiler for the end of the most recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre film? I'm not planning on watching it, so... Great. So, so listeners, spoilers for the end of the most recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Uh, I was not particularly a fan of it. Um, there were some cool set pieces, but in general, I have not watched, didn't like it. I have only watched the original, and uh-huh. I'm almost of the opinion that that I had that I used to have with Die Hard that I kind of just want to watch the original and not like watch anything else because the original is one of my favorite horror movies. That's fair. I think the remake is really really good. Which one? Because um, aren't there like well, well, I guess there's the remake and then several sequels to it. Yeah, and. There's a prequel to the remake that I actually think is also quite good. Okay. But generally, more often than not, you've got diminishing returns with that franchise. But um, the main protagonist, uh, it's like two sisters who are like the main protagonists. And sisters, sisters. The main one of them is so fucking insufferable. I could not stand her. At the very end of the movie, they're like they make their escape. In this, um, is that like a reference to the uh, to the brother in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> I, mean, I don't think they intended for her to be insufferable. I think they wanted us to root for her. Okay, I did not. Um, <laughs> but at the end, they're in their like self driving car, um, and they're like they've made their escape, and they're just like, "Ooh, ooh oh, thank God!" And then you know, Leatherface smashes through the window and grabs like the main sister I hated so much, like pulls her out and who just fucking decapitates her right there while like the, the other sister like screams in horror. And I laughed so fucking hard. It was my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> I was just like, that bitch is dead. Good. Oh. Booze and Buffy and, does not advocate violence towards women. No. <laughs> um, but I just like that's the feeling I had when he kicked this cop's head off. I was like. And then they do this weird fucking, like, they do the slow-mo, which I don't mind the slow-mo. I think that's, this is an instance where I think, because the kick happens so quickly, Mm -hmm. and it it really needs to land for the audience what is happening, I feel like slow motion is justified in this case Mm -hmm. to let that happen. But they also do this weird, like, wavy cam thing, where, like, that I was like, what the fuck? fuck is this what was that what is this and then they kind of do it again when wesley gets shot later in the episode oh yeah but like not as much and it really stood out and i was like what the fuck is this effect <laughs> it is not good uh but yeah he does he does kick the cop's head off <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the head again continues to keep talking and reading the miranda rights um so yeah, I guess at the very least, I mean, even though this was like an evil zombie cop, at least he was reading you your rights. And... I... Interesting how the kids of color just got straight up assaulted while the white man 
gets his rights read to him. Calm down, Jackson. Racist cop. <laughs> um, oh, I have thoughts about Jackson and why uh, he's pointless and should not even yes, be in this episode. Yes, yes, yes. I, I think we're going to be on the same page with that one. Um, so Angel does see like that that cop is wearing a badge. So he takes the badge and visits our default favorite police officer in L.A. Yeah, I mean, and that the is bar like, is low. <laughs> and that is Kate. Um, it's the first time that she's seen him in a while. She has like some open cases, one involving two girls getting killed at a clothing store and 13 lawyers getting killed and slaughtered in a basement. And uh, she's like, you wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? Eh. And... Uh, She's like, well, I guess you never caught up to your vampire friends. Like, oh, I did. I set him on fire. <laughs> so he sounds like you like that. And he's like, uh, well, I mean, you kind of go over it. And that's when she's like, you know, you're pretty good with uh, just accepting murder and everything. I'm like, shut up, Kate. You don't hey, know. My, my you favorite, don't know. favorite part of this scene, though, is when he's just like, I just killed a cop. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, whoa, bro. No, no. Yeah, it's so funny because um, he's like, well, I guess. And like, he almost with a little bit of a smile on his face, says, well, this might not be a good time to tell you that I just killed a cop. And she's like, all right, you should not joke about that in this building, no matter how immortal you think you are. And uh, so I think at this point, Angel's done waiting for Kate to get over her shit. And he's just like, man, if you're going to make my day shit, I'm going to reciprocate <laughs> um, uh, but he does end up showing Kate the badge and uh, Kate uh, logs into the database puts in the badge number and finds out that it belongs to a cop who has been dead for six months um, and uh, Kate says like oh yeah I even knew like where his like, I even went to his funeral so um, they do go to the graveyard um, and Angel and um, after showing him the grave, after uh, Kate shows him the grave, Angel notices that the earth has been uh, disturbed. disturbed. Yeah, Disturbed Earth. It's the name of an awesome metal band. Yeah, I like that. Or maybe an album. I'd say an album. Could I think be, you could go either way. Could be both, yeah. Self-titled um, album? Oh, an eponymous album. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and... Uh, and they see that, like, there's another... And Angel asks, like, are there other cops here? And uh, and she's like, yeah. So I think this is, like, one that particularly caters to, like, families of police officers. Yeah. And um, she, like, points out another grave, another um, person who died, like, within the last year. Because I do believe, like, the... It does say 2-2000. Yeah. So um, it's another recently dead cop. And uh, the Earth has also been... Uh, defiled and Mm. um and angel says or kate says like who could be doing this and like what is it and angel's like oh it's zombies people are bringing dead cops back to life and uh and like controlling them and kate immediately freaks out and runs to her father's grave and she's like is 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 his grave has his grave been touched and Angel's like, no, it hasn't. And um, that's when, like, Kate breaks down a little bit. And I like this scene. Yeah. I I feel like we've given Kate so much shit for her um, rather poor 
placement of her anger of her father's death on Angel, Mm -hmm. even though Angel wasn't responsible for it. Um, And there wasn't anything he could have done to stop it either. Um, But Kate has been blaming him all this time. And it's kind of like, really kind of made us... And also, Trevor Lockley was an asshole. So it kind of makes us, like, forget the fact that, like, oh, yeah, Kate did lose her father. And... the very idea of somebody that you loved, even if they didn't love you back, being brought back to life, but being used as like an instrument of evil, that would that would fuck anybody up. Yeah, it's just nice to finally have some vulnerability from Kate to yes. have to have an emotion from her that isn't self righteous anger. Like I would, I would be fine with the self righteous anger stuff. And her inability to, like, I don't want to say let it go, but, like, but, you know, her her inability to move on. Yeah, she's got to see these, these other shot, sides of her. And we don't. We've only been getting this one note from her constantly. Yeah. And it's, I've just been fucking sick of it. Mm-hmm. So finally seeing a human here instead of a walking obstacle for Angel is really refreshing. So there's a, um... There's actually a, a really cool event in DC Comics called The Blackest Night. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the third part of a trilogy that kind of revolves around Green Lantern, but this but it like it it's it kept getting larger in scale and Blackest Night shows the debut of the Black Lantern Corps, which basically um, you're familiar with Green Lanterns mm-hmm. and how like uh, rings seek out those who have uh, willpower. Um Black Lantern Corps is made up of reanimated corpses Ooh. with Black Lantern rings on them. Okay. And uh, and in Blackest Night, um, a lot of DC heroes who have died, because, you know, comic book characters die. Um, and before, they're at the point where they've come back to life. <laughs> um, so basically, bodies in the ground, um, they are like... Like, you see these black rings going into their graves, and they're coming out as zombies. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, the the ending didn't land the best, but um, a lot of, like, the action for the majority of the series was really neat, because basically all the other lantern cores had to, like, drop their differences and be like, hey, we need to stop the dead from <laughs> coming back. Hey, isn't that the plot of season seven of Game of Thrones? And eight. <laughs> and honestly, um, Jon Snow is fighting that fight for a while. Yeah. Well before season seven. Yeah. Well, I just meant specifically like the different factions putting oh, aside I their differences. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I got you now. But, but yes. Um, um, so, but yeah. that sounds cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I need to like... I know I have all those issues somewhere, so I need to like just kind of gather them up. I wouldn't mind rereading that. Um, and uh, yeah, the, bu- the way that the Buffy Wiki has this going is that uh, it's like um, doing all the Angel and Kate stuff together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just gonna kind of go with them. That's fine because honestly, it's pretty slight. It, it, we don't yeah, spend a lot of time with Angel and Kate, despite the fact that they're that that they are like that Angel West, Cordelia, and Anne. Or excuse me, Gun Cordelia <laughs> Wes and Anne are are doing are like kind of being affected by the same thing that Angel and Kate are, 
it's like two separate sides of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Angel and Kate, like they go to the precinct that that cop that all these cops worked for, and um, and they're like asking, hey, can you tell us like, can you tell us like uh, where because it's like a not like a very um, well staffed uh, station. And they said, like, well, I mean, we don't have a lot of people on because it's pretty quiet because uh, we've been as of lately we've been cracking down on crimes and we got like almost nothing and, like. Well, um, who's kind of responsible for that? And it's like, well, it's our captain, of course. It's like, is he doing things above the uh, above the board? And he's like, uh, well, you shouldn't question that. Uh, that doesn't sound great. Nope. Um, yeah. So when and so let's go back a little bit to uh, Gun talking to the to uh, all the people at the shelter. And, uh, again, as we mentioned before, at first he, like, does say, like, oh, are you guys, like, trying to prank Anne or something? Uh, and it shows that, like, we didn't really see this established, like, we'd only seen Anne interact with Angel before. Right. So we didn't, but it turns out that, like, uh, Anne is a, you know, good friend of Guns, and he doesn't want, like, anything to happen to her. Um, and he does know that, like, she's got a soft spot in her heart, um... Because she like wants to help people and sometimes looks past mm-hmm. some of the crap that they do. Um, this is when we get into the problematic thing of him. Just like he kind of points out that he's seen the he's seen other people do some crimes before, and he's like, "Are you sure that that's not why the cops were, uh, yeah. were decide to like take a run at you?" And uh, they pretty much have to plead like, "No, man, we weren't doing anything." And uh, yeah, that that that's not a good look. It's not, and it just feels. This is one of those things where I love Gun, and my appreciation of Gun just goes up every time I rewatch the show. It just, um, but it always does. It really does stand. Even when my, the first time I watched it, I like I noticed this, and just as I've gotten older and learned more about the world, it's it's it is it is clear a lot when Gun. Uh, the gun is a black character written entirely by white people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, even though I love gun, I frequently dislike episodes that are gun centric. Um, because oftentimes those involve like his old crew and they are just so poorly written and yeah. really stereotype stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's very frustrating. And yeah, a moment like this, the moment where he's checking to make sure they're not just pulling one over on Anne, yeah, that feels fine because they're clearly very close and he clearly feels protective of her. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this the moment where he's he asks like, well, what did you do to the cops to make you deserve it? And I know that's not what he's asking, but it is the implicit underlying yeah. thing. Feels incorrect for this character. Yep. And I dislike it. Um, gun, but yeah, they again reassure him that like, no, the police are, police are just coming up and assaulting us. So Angel gets, or, wow. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I'm just thinking of the, I'm doing what you do. I'm thinking of the, thinking of the show title. And now Gun does come up with an idea and, um, he gets two guys, um, to bring a video camera and uh, he's going to basically try to find a cop and see if they start any shit and then get it recorded 
on film. Um, Wes and Gunn, Wes and Cordelia. Wow. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm loving being on the other side of this. <laughs> uh, Wes and Cordelia find out about this and they're like, that's stupid. That is a dumb idea. And uh, they can't convince him otherwise. So they're like, well, we have to go and try to stop him. Um, and uh, so I love how Cordelia is like, um, she's basically like, you know, he takes after Angel this way. Yeah, like... he, he comes up with stupid ideas. Uh, and uh, Cordelia, Cordelia and Wesley both go to the shelter to find out um, from Anne where Gun went. Uh Wes decides to go after him, see if he can find him, and uh, Cordelia stays to help out at the shelter because right now it's kind of um, probably due to the fact that like cops are coming after kids, the shelter's kind of overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and there is a really great moment where Cordelia sees somebody wearing a shirt or a top that she thought was one of a kind and was hers, which is a nice little callback to when... To uh, blood money when Angel is like getting rid of Cordelia's stuff yep. that was in the hotel and bringing it to the shelter. Love it. Yeah, I I just uh, I just love Cordelia just jumping in and like being like, "Just what do you need? I'll help." And then being like, "Sure, I can fold laundry. Um, I can act. But... I can act like I'm folding yeah. laundry." Uh, but yeah, the I the mean, growth. We're yeah, the seeing. growth. Look at. Like, look at her compared to, like, not even, like, her appearances in Buffy, but... Even the beginning beginning of the season. season. Yeah. Um, She... I think an earlier version of Cordelia, even a season ago, would have made some maybe kind of shitty comment about homeless kids and, like, them (laughs) smelling bad or something. But no, she's just like, oh, I see you're overwhelmed and you need help and that's what I do. Now, unfortunately, this is when Jackson shows up. Um, so Jackson, Jackson is. Can a, we just get all of Jackson out right here because he's he contributes yes, nothing. Yes. So Jackson basically come forces his way into the shelter, um, and uh, really is kind of like just laying it on thick to Anne and like both Anne and Cordelia are like, "Hey, stay away." And he's like, hey, it's a shelter, and I need shelter. So he, like, pushes past them. Uh, he's like, oh, I'm sure that, like, somebody will share a bed with me. And, like, uh, you're gross. Um, and it turns out he's, like, he's there looking for a, um, he's there looking for a guy that, uh, I think, like, owes him money or something. Yeah. It's, uh, the, it's the kid that Gunn was saying was, like, he had seen dealing. Okay. It's that kid. Yeah. Name? Cannot remember. Um, but yeah, uh, and so he like basically comes up and like starts threatening him and yeah, Jackson is just there to like, I, I, like he, he provides like some comment, he's trying to like provide commentary on how like, uh, oh, he doesn't care about like a white guy getting shot because one of our resident white guys gets shot in a couple scenes. The most white um, guy. Yeah, the, most, <laughs> the whitest of nights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he somehow outwhites a literal vampire. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and yeah, and like, he, um, yeah, he's kind of there to like, 
very much be like anti-police um he's like even ready to like take a gun to the to the zombies and he's like being adversarial of gun um skipping ahead like gun uh does save his life and um for a for a short second jackson does help like brace one of the doors afterwards but then when they need help with wesley later on in the episode he's like nah man the the uh, streets just got a lot safer for me and then goes out along his business. Yeah. Yeah. Jackson really doesn't contribute anything. Like, no. it, I don't know if they're trying to, like, bring in a separate storyline, but it's a storyline that I don't really care about and doesn't contribute to anything, really. Yeah. And, I mean, isn't... And it's, like, it's something that they introduce halfway through the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I think, to me, this reeks of... Either the writers got scared or the network insisted, but they got like, uh oh, maybe we've gotten a little too anti cop. So we need to provide this. We need to show this hostile black man. Yes. And the reason the cops are out there. Uh huh. And there's, yeah. Not good. No. And there's a bit later where Kate's just like, well, crime just went back up in this neighborhood. That's what we just gave back to them. And it's. I think it's an attempt at nuance. I think it's an attempt at showing yeah. different sides of this. But it's, yeah, like you said, it's, he's, this character is a hostile black man. Um, and it, and it's like, it's almost like, yeah, we're criticizing the police, but we're criticizing the police the right way. And look, here's the wrong way to do it. Um, and I feel like that was probably gross in 2001. And I think that's, uber gross into 2022 yeah and and you're right it's also just like this isn't a character this isn't a story it's Mm -hmm. it is so jarring when it is introduced i was like what the fuck is this yeah it's like this extra wrinkle that does nothing except add to the runtime of the episode Mm -hmm. yeah um so gun does eventually um gun does eventually find like a, a police officer and um, this guy's about to uh, arrest them, and uh, and yeah, they're just, like they've got the camera rolling. Um, West shows up and says, "Like officer, no, please." He's like a friend of mine. The officer turns around, and shoots Wesley. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a it's a pretty shocking moment. It is like um, considering how rarely we do gun violence on either of these shows. Um, like and and, if, there, and if there is like a gunshot, then it's typically like at Angel, like ha- yeah. like what happens <laughs> in this ago. episode. Uh, but yeah, like an- gunshots don't kill Angel. Yeah, yeah, it's they hurt, but they don't kill him. Exactly. Whenever we see guns, it's it's usually Wesley shooting them, um, or like or it's someone shooting Angel, but it doesn't really matter. This is like holy shit, Wesley just got shot in the. <laughs> fucking gut yeah um and there's two things i like about this one just just the shock of it it is i think it's actually done extremely well but i'm really grateful that it's wesley and not gun who got shot yeah because it would have been so easy for for gun to have been the gunshot victim hilarious um, gun shot. Victim. I know, I got it. I um, got it. It just wasn't funny, and I wasn't going to acknowledge it. That's fair. Um, but it's just been so easy and 
so on the nose for it to have been gone. Yeah. Um, and I, pr- I appreciate that it's not. And I also like the idea that um, we've slowly seen this relationship build between Gunn and Wesley, mm-hmm. even though they may have been like the most hostile towards each other when they first met. They're best friends now. Yeah, no, like um, very much like... Uh, Especially at the end of the episode, feels like we've got like a we got like a bromance between them. I love uh, it. Maybe on like the level of like O'Brien and uh, and Bashir in <laughs> Deep Space Nine. Um, watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> or Bashir and Garrick. Well, that I think is uh, that I think that's beyond bromance. Indeed. <laughs> Especially like, uh, did you see the documentary? Yes, um, I loved it. Yeah, what a great documentary um, about Deep Space Nine, and uh, in that, the actor um, who plays Garrick. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? It's I love him so much. Not Andrew Robinson. Yeah, it is Andrew Robinson. Is okay? Because Mark Alamo plays Goldicott. Okay. That's what I was just um, like. Yeah, like... No, yeah. Andrew Robinson does say like he played um, Garrick with the intention of him being gay. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that, and that totally <laughs> has thoughts for Bashir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that right, Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you like a, if you like some queer in your Star Trek and the new Star Trek is too much queer for you, <laughs> I don't know. If you want a slight peppering of queer, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Deep Space Nine is the way to go. You've got the Bashir Garrick relationship and then that one Jadzia Dax episode where she's a lesbian. <laughs> Actually, I do really like that episode. It's really good. Yeah, I, I just love Deep Space Nine. Me too. Okay. Um, anyway, so... Wesley gets gut shot. Yeah, Wesley takes a shot in the gut. And I do like um, what he says before he got shot. He does say like, oh, this man's a friend of mine. I'm sure he didn't do anything. Then he gets shot. Mm-hmm. So that's great. I like that. Um, <laughs> Love that journey for him. <laughs> you said that just like Bo and Yang from uh, from SNL. Thank you. <laughs> Twelve tracks, no skips. Swear to God. <laughs> yeah, I was actually speaking of Bo and Yang. I was, you know, have you seen the SNL? It's a weekend update, like recurring bit with um, him and Ad Bryant, where they're like the setting the trends. No, for, I haven't. Um, so they're dressed in this outrageous, like, costumes, and they're, like, telling the people what the new trends are going to be. And when they get to things that are out, they're like, out, this thing, this thing, this thing. And then they'll end it with, like, go to bed, bitch. <laughs> and when we were talking about, we got to the end of, like, the, the conversation about Jackson, I wanted to just be like, Jackson, out, go to bed, bitch. Bitch, <laughs> and now I have. So yeah, there you go. I, I'm glad we. I'm glad we took that journey to get there. Um, yeah, and so uh, Gun is in hell. Yeah, and Sorry. so uh, <laughs> and so uh, Gun. Yeah, and um, one of the guys that Gun is with, uh, like, gra- um, grabs like the cop's gun and uh, shoots the cop, and uh, he starts freaking out because he killed a cop, and yeah, that's understandable. Um, uh, Gun and the other guy are trying to get Wes up and get him to like a hospital or something like that. And this other guy's freaking out. Of course, then like the cop gets up and they're like, oh my god! Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> so, um, yeah, and Wes uh, is trying to like hand over his cell phone and be like, call 911. 
And uh, the other guy's like still freaking out. He's like, no, man, don't call the cops. They did this. Yeah. And uh, he's like, no, I'm trying to call an ambulance. It's like, yeah, but you can't let the sirens go off, which that's actually kind of a good detail to add. Yeah. Like, tell them to drive with no sirens. Um, the, uh, the ambulance does eventually get there. Um, and, uh, like the other two guys go to the shelter, uh, gun sticks with Wesley. Um, and, but as the ambulance is trying to drive to the hospital, it's blocked by a bunch of cop cars and, uh, they end up killing the ambulance driver. RIP ambulance yeah, driver. Yeah, he never asked for that. He was just, and, he was um, just saving a life. Yeah. And so, uh, and so, uh, gun has to drive the ambulance and, um, this is like, this is something that I, I was asked, I actually asked Harrison while we were watching the episode, like, he drives Wes to the shelter mm-hmm. where, like, he need he wants, he wants, like, the other EMT to, like, help him in, help him get Wes into the shelter because he thinks that it's the only safe place to go. Here's the thing. They're going to, like, the cops, uh, they're going to see the ambulance. Like, wherever you park it, they're going to see the ambulance. I honestly think the gun would have been better off just driving west to the hospital, dropping him, dropping him and the EMT guy off, and then driving the ambulance yeah. away. I think... This was... Now, obviously, you <laughs> had to get all the characters together right. for your um, Night of the Living Dead tribute. Uh, yeah. Here's where... Cutting out Jackson completely can help this. You cut that character out completely. You have more screen time dedicated to Gunn's attempt to get them to the hospital. Maybe the police are blocking off the hospital. Yeah, every attempt, everywhere they go, they just keep getting blocked in. And until till the point where, and you only need one or two short scenes to establish this, and to the point where the shelter is their only option. Yeah. And that would have been, one, I think it would be really effective showing, like, them just have, like, running out of options of where to go. And that really could have brought that tension up as well. And getting everyone where they need to be mm-hmm. for this climax. So, um, the, uh, so, yeah. So, Gun does get to, uh, the shelter, gets Wes and the EMT inside, and uh, then they basically like, yeah, we need to like start, you know, bar- barricading all the doors. Um, they we see the cops like showing up to the to the shelter. They call into the chief of the precinct, who's about to get a visit from a uh, from a surly vampire. <laughs> and uh, he says like, yeah, clean house. Uh, basically, just take everybody out in there. Um, and uh, so. Gosh, man, the Buffy Wiggy's doing some weird stuff with, like, the way this episode goes. Um, So, yeah, so Wes starts, like, Wes, like, starts basically just starting to pass out, and they're like, we need to get him to a hospital, and he's like, all right, we'll try to get him out, which is another thing that, like, why didn't you just take him to the hospital in the first place? But then Cordelia opens the door and says, like, they're here. Um, The shot of the cop cars just pulling up in front was I really liked that it was very mm-hmm. um menacing so here's where we get um and I mentioned it before this seems like a very obvious homage to Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. I mean 
pretty much the movie that established the modern day zombie. And uh, there is like the majority of the movie takes place inside of a house where like people who are hiding from zombies, they're like barricading and trying to set up like a defense. And we get something similar to that in this. And we get, um, and like I said, we get the aforementioned Jackson stuff. Uh, we, we don't get, there's honestly not too much action. It's more just like reinforcing walls and people being mm-hmm. afraid. Here's my problem with this sequence. I never get like a zombie, even though they're referencing one of the most famous zombie films mm-hmm. of all time. It never feels like a true kind of zombie feeling. Yeah. Like, honestly, these things feel more like second-rate Terminators than anything Mm -hmm. else, which is a very different feeling than zombies. I feel like zombies have a bit more horror to them, but these, like, these uh, cops don't look like zombies until they 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 are actually dead. Yeah. They look just like cops. They look more just like robots, if anything else. Um... So yeah, I feel like it never, I feel like that kind of prevents the peril from being there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that's just me kind of being like a horror snob, but I, it it didn't, it it didn't work for me. See, for me, it does work for me, but I actually was not thinking about it from a zombie point of view, which I think is also kind of proving your point. Because when you said like, oh, it's like, you were like Night of the Living Dead, I was like, Oh, yeah, it is. Like, I hadn't even made that connection because I kind of honestly had completely forgotten the zombie aspect of it. Yeah, and it's, was like, more like, it's something that just Angel sort of said. Like, yeah. oh, it's zombies, but zo- like them being zombies is never really like... It's not a visual... Yeah. It's not a visual imperative to show it off. It's just like, oh, we need to show these cops like coming after people. Yeah, and so for me, that's what I find menacing about it is the fact that they are cops um and that is scary yeah yeah but but you're right the zombie thing feels like it feels added on because it's a supernatural show so there has to be a supernatural element which fine but um you know we also can't have angel kick the head off of a cop uh who's alive yeah. <laughs> like that's that's not gonna fly on mm-hmm. network television the head will but <laughs> let's just say heads will roll indeed um but yeah angel uh angel goes back to the precinct again and uh talks to the captain basically just kind of calls him out like i know like you're bringing cops back to life he's like these were good men i'll never betray them and he like manages to get away from angel after shooting him and uh like crawls into like a little crawl space behind a file cabinet and gets to like this um gets to this chamber that's just full of this weird demonic like generic demonic shit why would he lead angel there he's like i'll never betray them but i will go right to the place where like yeah. i can be defeated yeah and angel like sure enough just follows him is like so hey how are you doing this how are you controlling the entrails like uh no it's the idol of granith that that zombie guy and um, the chief's like, no, don't we'll betray them. And Angel just smashes this thing across the guy's face. Um, and this causes all of the all of the zombie cops that are like at that moment, finally breaking in to drop dead. Yep. And decay. Mm hmm. And uh, yeah, so that 
that's um that's like the the action of the episode is done um angel does go to kate and uh he's like checking in and she says like yeah well here's the thing uh here are the crime statistics before six months ago it's like there's a a murder every day um yeah it's like a murder every murder day, day like a like rape, rape every two, two days um, a robbery every hour yeah it's like but um and she's like that's a, and she's like that's what we gave back to that neighborhood and i'm like are you trying to advocate for um bringing cops back from the dead and <laughs> mercilessly attacking people it's yeah i do appreciate what she says because she's like you don't even care do you and he angel just no like i don't um but he's I do, like i can live with this i can yeah and i do like kate's next line though because she just says this job's making me crazy i appreciated that because i I, I, I like that because I, that to me is showing her going, I don't know what the answer is. Like, you know, yeah, what was happening was wrong, but like, this is bad too. And I don't know how we fix that. That felt real to me. Yeah. But um, the, the problem is, is like this police chief was trying to fight evil with evil. Yeah. Um, he was trying to fight bad with evil and that's. That's not a good way to go about it. Indeed. Hey, police. more policing isn't the answer. Funding public services is. Mm-hmm. PSA from me. And uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of good people out there saying yeah. this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nope. I'm actually the first one to think of that. Oh, my God. You should be president. <laughs> no. Nah. Um, yeah. And uh, then uh, Kate's handed a folder. And uh, she... It's like... It's about Wesley. Um... And at first I thought, oh, that's a convenient way to find out about Wesley getting shot. But, uh, I mean, all gunshot wounds are reported to the police Mm -hmm. when they're taken into the hospital. Um, And you just know Kate's, like, got, like, a little thing out there. Like, if you see any of these names (laughs) on a list, bring it right to me. So, uh, Angel is... So, we go to Wesley's hospital room. Gun is sitting there right beside him. And when he sees him wake up, he's like, hey, man. And um, Wesley is high on morphine. Uh, <laughs> he loves but it. He does. Uh, but yeah, and like, Gun's just there for them. Like, I, I love the broness between them. This is it, it's, a, it's a really great, it's a really great relationship that's been fun to see grow. Mm-hmm. Angel is standing outside of the hospital room. He's standing, like, the uh, in front of, like, the nurse's station or whatever. And he's looking in. And uh, Cordelia's behind him and uh, says, like, what are you doing here? And um, she's like, uh, you walked out on us. So, like, a gunshot, if it takes, like, a gunshot wound to get you to come here, that's, like, like you don't deserve to be here. Like, Wes does not need you right now. And then, like, uh, goes back in and acts all cheery with, um, with, uh, with Gunn and Wesley. I... I don't like this. Uh, Harrison Harrison and I talked a little bit about like kind of the reasons why it doesn't feel right. Um, with uh, I said, I feel like um, a person shouldn't be prevented from like, you know, like if, if Angel was like trying to go into the hot, like the actual room, I can understand like them being like, hey man, this is not the time. But, I mean, he wasn't. He was, like, staying a little far away. And Cordelia is, like, obviously just still kind of pissed at Angel. Mm -hmm. 
So she's like taking it out on him there. Um, I guess, and I guess this might be like my naivete. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, one, I do know that Angel is like, you know, he's better than, he's better than what he's been. Um, and like Cordelia at this point's kind of completely given up on him. Uh, but, um, and Harrison like kind of mentioned that uh, it's really the way she says it. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's not even the way she says it. It's the, cause I, I'll be honest. I, I, cause I've been thinking about it since we, talked about it and i'm i'm i will say on paper i'm actually i am on cordelia's side i think if i were in her situation i would have done the same thing after everything he's put them through i think i'd be like get the fuck out of here we don't want you here even if they didn't have any intention of going in i and that's just me but my issue is and like i said i don't know if this was an action choice that charisma made or if it was a direction choice or just a weird take they chose to use but she has this very smug look on her face afterwards. And it's like the look she has. It's the look she always has after she gets in a particularly good dig on Sander. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was not the right chord for this moment. Mm-hmm. That, for In my opinion. It was, it didn't needed to be a moment. It needed to be an expression of, like, like a devastating pain and betrayal. And I think that would have helped sell this moment a little more than, than the smugness that we are getting from mm-hmm. her. Um, it, it, it's, it's just the tone I can't stand. <laughs> um, yeah, um, that's, and it, it's just like a tiny thing that I think yeah, sours it, just, it, it for yeah, me. It, it just feels a little out of place. Like it, it doesn't, it, it takes away from like, I guess the righteous indignation that mm-hmm. she should be feeling. Um, and I get, and honestly, now that I think about it, like it is meant to kind of like, because up to this point, obviously there's been like the separation between Angel and the rest of Angel Investigations, but it's really just been like them doing their own separate stories. Yeah. This is like kind of the first time that they've actually interacted and, uh, Cordelia doesn't even know that Angel, like, just saved all their lives. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is, like, this is kind of, like, the first time that we really truly see the the gap that has developed between, the chasm that has developed between Angel and his old friends. Um, and uh, it's it's because of Angel. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I, guess I can't hate Cordy too much for it. Maybe if, like, it, it had been delivered in a different way. Yeah. Um, but that is the thin deadline, and uh, which is a reference to the thin red, red line, line, which is a Terrence Malick film, I think. I can't remember if that's the thin deadline or the, the thin red line or the thin blue line. Um, I think. I think the thin red line is a Malick film. Yes, it's a Malick film, it is, and it's I a play th- on the phrase "the thin blue line." Okay, but the Thin Blue Line is also a film that might actually be a um, a documentary. Mm, um, that would make sense. Um, yes, it's a documentary by by Errol Mor- Errol Morris, um, and it's also a term that typically refers to the concept of po- the police as the line which keeps society from descending into violent chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Thin Red Line is a war movie actually i've actually not seen the thin red line um i've not seen 
I get those two movies mixed up. Uh, I've only seen two Terrence Malick films. I'm looking at his filmography. I mean, he only makes a film like every once in a while, but I've seen The Tree of Life. That's all I've seen. So I've been meaning to watch The Tree of Life for a while. I know that's kind of like his most famous one, but I've yeah. seen... I thought it was lovely. Uh, okay. Um, I've actually heard some very negative opinions about it. Oh, it's it's very abstract. Okay. So, like... I mean, that's kind of what I got from him. Uh, I've seen Days of Heaven, mm-hmm. which I did enjoy, um, mostly because it wasn't three plus hours long. <laughs> um, I have a friend, like, I have a friend, um, do you know, uh, do you know Todd, uh, Koenig? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, he, uh, he dated Ben for a little while, and, oh. um... He's, like, a huge movie fan, huge movie buff, and, uh, like, we met through Ben, and, uh, he, like, he, um, he gives me, like, uh, copies of, uh, movies that he, um, upgrades from, nice. and, like, one of them was Days of Heaven, and he's a, he's a big, like, pro-Terrence Malick person, and, uh, I also saw The Hidden Life, um, that's a more recent I think it's one, A Hidden it? Life, yeah, I think that's his most recent one, yeah. um, but, yeah, it's... It's kind of a movie that looked beautiful, uh, but took a long time to say kind of a fairly, like, already done thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about like a, it was about like a, I can't remember if he was German or Austrian, but basically this guy lived out in the, who lived out in the country, and I'm pretty sure it was in Austria, and um, when uh, Hitler was like getting every single like, German and Austrian person to join mm-hmm. his army. He, like, refused. Um, so I can't remember if it's, like, based on a true story or what, but, uh, I mean, I appreciate, like, it was really, like, pretty. Like, you saw a lot of great shots of the countryside, but it also didn't feel like there was too much substance to it. Mm. Um, but, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the thin deadline. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this episode is just all over the place. There are times that I like it, and I like what they're attempting to do, but then there are times, like you said, they kind of fall short of it. There's, like, the Jackson bit that wasn't needed. There's, um... There's, like, the... The weird angel... Like, honestly, like, the angel part of the episode feels just kind of supplementary to mm-hmm. what's going on with angel investigations. And, um, it just feels like, oh, well... Like, all this is going on... like. This is, like, kind of the stuff that we're focusing on, but now we've got Angel who, just in the nick of time, is there to, you know, save them. They yeah. just don't know it. Uh, and it, it overall just kind of, like... I want to give this, like... I, I feel like I'm going to give this a middle-of-the-road grade. I'm going to give mm-hmm. it, like, 2.5... Um, 2.5 stolen tops, or donated tops, <laughs> uh, out of 5. Um, I... I honestly was thinking about giving it two because I wasn't feeling it, but I, I feel like um, if I think about it a little bit more, I'll probably like it. So I'm gonna give it like a nice little point five slack there. Yeah. No, I'm feeling the same. It's it's disjointed. Yeah. It's it, yeah, and it's just like. And I've, and I've honestly felt that way about a decent amount of the episodes in this arc mm-hmm. of Angel being separated from Angel Investigations, which. I guess speaks highly of the chemistry when the whole team's together. <laughs> True. Um, I do think this arc goes on just a little bit too long, um, and we get episodes like this. Yeah. Um, that uh, kind of feel like almost we're, we're very slowly making our way to the point. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. It's once again, it's just like <laughs> it's fine if we're gonna have these standalone episodes of the two teams acting independently from one another, but they need to be good. And I do think this is story wise probably the most interesting conceptually of these past three episodes of um between blood money uh happy anniversary and this i i think this one is maybe the most successful but it's still like it's it's still just not quite there yeah um and and yeah, and it's like, and I feel like this episode, like another round or two of edits could have popped this puppy up mm-hmm. a bit, you know? And maybe, you know, a black writer or two on the, on maybe, the writing staff. Maybe just one or two. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm a two, it's a two and a half for me as well. It's just, it's like almost good. Mm-hmm. It's almost there. Yeah. And it's like, and I think. It's not the worst that we've seen. Yeah. There is some good stuff in there. Just not a... It's not a good hold. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what... It, it's it's like... It's... Honestly, an episode like this is almost more frustrating. Like, I don't know what would have saved Happy Anniversary. Mm-hmm. Like, I think just you you were fucked from the beginning with, with the concept. Mm-hmm. This episode, it's... It's it, like... Yeah, it's almost more frustrating that it's like I can see what would make this episode better. And they're really not huge changes. Like... Um, and yeah, just a little... A little bit more nuance. And a little bit less... Uh, grasping for nuance. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's... Like their attempt to be nuanced in this story... Really made it a lot less. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that is the thin dead line. Um, any, uh, uh, oh yeah, we had uh, some music. We had uh, Outcasts. Uh, yeah, Miss Jackson. Yeah, Miss Jackson was playing prominently nice. in the uh, in the first. Uh, now, have you heard the um, the funny version of Miss Jackson? I don't think so. Oh, that's um, that's uh, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I am four eels. Oh yeah, I have. Yeah, that. yes. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, it's a, it's like this dumb little funny like cartoon. It's like, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for eels. Never meant to make your daughter cry. I am several fish and not a guy. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for eels. <laughs> I I I remember I played that. Um, I made that joke. Uh, when uh, Miss Jackson came on at the genetics lab that I worked at, and nobody had ever heard that before, they thought it was the funniest shit in the world. And honestly, it's really funny. <laughs> I I love when you like when you tell a joke that you kind of like are familiar with and maybe have, like gotten a little tired of, but when you tell it to somebody who's never heard it before and they just like laugh their asses off at it, that actually gives the joke a little bit more new <laughs> life for you. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> All right, are you ready to get out of here? Yeah. All right. Got stuff to do. All right. Well, I thank you all for listening to us here on Booze and Buffy, and we will be back next week uh, with Buffy Season 5, Episode 15, I Was Made to Love You. I think I know what this is. It's uh, exactly what you think it is. And, uh, oof. (laughs) 
Oof. <laughs> big, big oof. Um, I'm Jason. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at yamaj 357 And uh, as of right now, you can find me on Twitter at uh, YamiJ. Um, I don't know how long that'll be. Uh, Twitter's kind of, The state of Twitter is kind of... Um, Hellish. A little, little harsher than I was going to use, but <laughs> probably no less accurate. Yeah. Uh, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and also on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. As Harrison stated, the and is spelled out in all those cases at the beginning of the episode. Yes. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, uh, or I think you're allowed to rate and review on Spotify now, okay. um, and uh, anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we're highlighting the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. The Chicago Coalition for the Homeless is the only nonprofit in Illinois dedicated to advocating for public policies that curb and can ultimately end homelessness. Their organization leads strategic campaigns, community outreach, and public policy initiatives that target the lack of affordable housing in metropolitan Chicago and across Illinois. Visit www.chicagohomeless.org for more information. And as always, go slay. And be gay. Bye.